Hello and welcome to another special edition of Work Human Radio. I am your regular host, Mike Wood. And by now, most of you should be settling into the new normal, whatever that is for you. I have a four-year-old and a four-month-old. So it's been a little tough to uh, stay connected with work while juggling childcare and the constant attention my, my daughter wants from me. Can't really self-learn or, or send a workbook her way, but uh, we're working through it. And there are good days and there are bad days, but um, we are coming closer together as a family and hopefully uh, you are too. Uh, hopefully you've been following our content while this has been going on. We've been conducting interviews daily with our work human community. And today, our CHRO, Steve Pemberton, talks to Jen Reimer, who is our VP of Solution Consulting, on sharing best practices on how to lead your team while they are working remotely. She's been a remote leader for a very long time, and um, just take a listen to uh, some of her best practices. I'll leave Steve to kick it off. My name's Steve Pemberton, and I'm the Chief Human Resources Officer at WorkHuman. You know, by now, we're all adjusting to these unprecedented times as a result of COVID-19 that is having such a major impact on our personal lives and on our professional lives, these shifts that we just simply could not anticipate. And regrettably, all of this news just continues to unfold on a near uh, daily basis. But it's also having another effect. It's changing our perspective on what matters and what is truly important. And yet, despite the, despite the virus and this ongoing uh, news cycle that's nearly hourly, we're also seeing something else, something that I think will be far more sustainable and will outlast uh, the virus itself. And that is the way that humanity is connecting and reuniting in very, very important ways, particularly as we are responding to this crisis. We're seeing that in our own company. And we're also seeing it around the world. And so today, as part of our Keeping Work Human series, uh, we're speaking with Jen Reimert, our Vice President of Solutions Consulting at Work Human, who will share some best practices on how to lead your team uh, when they are working remotely. So good to see you, Jen. How are you? I'm good. I'm good, Steve. Um, we are uh, weathering our way through this here at the Reimert household. Yeah, what's going on at the Reimert household? Uh, well, my husband's a teacher, so yesterday he had the first, how are we going to do this if we have to teach remotely? I yeah. teach both middle school and high school, so um, it's going to be some new days and new challenges. But he's ready. He's looking forward to it. And actually, I have my 16-year-old asking when school will start. Like, she's <laughs> getting a little bored, I think. <laughs> Right. So yeah. never heard that before. But how about you? What's going on? You have family at home, too, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I do. I do. Our uh, oldest is a freshman in college, and so he is home now. What was initially spring break and now is an extended spring break. Um, and um, like your your husband, our younger son is now uh, in e-learning mode. So he wakes up every day a little bit later than he had been before. Uh, and then uh, our daughter, similarly, so she's uh, she's on spring break, and uh, so she will be getting into e-learning. But I'm sure like you, um, uh, my wife and I were talking about how rarely this has been an opportunity for the five of us to sit down and kind of, you know, connect um, you know, the kids, especially teenagers, they're all on the move. They're all going all the time. Uh, 
I can't remember the last time the five of us sat down for, for a family dinner. So we're trying to find the silver silver lining in, in all of those things, of course. And Jen, I don't know if you, this is happening with, with you, but in my house, my honey-do list is getting long. <laughs> <laughs> So we're, we're having some similar um, sort of fun family moments, if you will, um, yeah. you know, playing some board games that we haven't pulled out in a while. And I know I personally, you know, kids are in sports, there's activities, you yeah. know, one yeah. thing to the next. It's actually kind of nice to not have that pressure. Yeah. So it's been a good pause that I, I like you, I think that we're going to come out of this with some new learnings about maybe mm-hmm. how we want to live our, our lives going forward. So yeah, appreciating the small things, you know, yeah. for, for sure. Well, th- well that kind of leads me to what I want to talk with you about, because one of the other, I think things are going to come out of this is going to be how, uh, you know, technology in a time of social distancing is allowing us to keep some degree of connection. Uh, and uh, you, of course, have been doing this for, for quite some time, you know, leading teams, you know, remotely. So I want to get a sense, uh, you know, from you on, you know, some, how, how are you able to kind of keep people connected, you know, over this distance of time? Uh, how do you keep people motivated, inspired, huh? and, and, and connected in the midst of all of this? So one of the things that um, – has been a, a massive change for how my team works together. And, and they are spread out, as you know, across the United States. I have one gentleman in Canada. And then, um, you know, in a prior career, before I joined WorkHuman, I led a team across the globe. And um, at that time, we didn't use video technology like we do today. And, and that has really been such a change. Um, one of the things I try to be conscious of whenever I'm having a team meeting is, uh, those that that maybe don't get the opportunity to speak, and then those that like to speak a lot. And so, leveraging different technologies allows me to see if someone's leaning in and they have a, a thought or a comment. Much like if you're in the room, um, I would actually say that it's it's just as easy and feels very similar to being in the office to working remotely, as long as you just kind of keep your mind thinking that you've got the tools and the capabilities. And, and people do still want to meet and connect. So yeah. we're trying to keep it very much the same, just mm-hmm. adapting to um, new things as we go. Yeah. Well, I, I know this, this has been happening with you o- over the years, but I really, you, you pick up on body language more so actually than you have. So, you know, the number of conference video conference calls that I've had and I've seen a furrowed brow. Um, and, um, and, and so I have said, uh, do you have a thought about that? And it was like, well, how did you know I had a thought about it? I'm kind of watching your facial expressions and right. that we don't always do in meetings, you know, all, all the time. Um, so, you know, those are, those are, those it forces us kind of pick up on on things that perhaps ordinarily uh, you know we might not right something else that that we try to do um, as a remote team since we don't get to see each other and don't get to spend those you know kind of moments in the hallway at work or getting coffee together is we've started with just a little bit of fun and relaxation in the first five to ten minutes of any team call mm-hmm. that I have um, it, I found that I, I really can't get work done anyway, but that's okay. Like they all are so excited to see each other, connect. Hi, what's going on? How are you doing? I heard you were doing this. That we just let that happen and let that flow. 
And it naturally and very organically just moves right into the first business topic. Sometimes I do have to call the timeout <laughs> and say, sure. you know, we got a, we got a few agenda items here. Uh, but I think it, it gives a lot uh, to the meeting to just let people have that time to converse as they would in the office. Yeah. How about this intersection of, you know, the personal and the professional life? Because all of a sudden, I, you and I are having this conversation and I'm in your home and you're in mine. Uh, and we can use kind of, you know, we can be clever and use backgrounds. And so you can't really see where in the house you are. But uh, have you seen uh, that colliding sometimes with the expectation of how you're to present? Um, and, uh, you know, have you been in situations where you all of a sudden, you know, you get interrupted by a child or the dog goes racing by? Like, can you offer some tips, particularly for those who are leading teams? How, how do they get adjusted to a new world where you're going to see the personal you know, uh, intrude upon the professional. You, you are, and I say embrace it. I, I think it actually helps to um, bring the humanity into the workplace. Uh, I love the pop-in. I love seeing the little child and the little face and what are you doing, mom or dad? I love if there's um, parents who live in the household, getting to meet them. Um, we've had um, spouses slip in with um warm, fresh baked cookies, which creates a whole moment in the middle of a meeting of, oh, I wish I had someone bringing me cookies. You know, it's just, it keeps it light, um, especially if there's times where it's serious, but it's also just a moment, you just kind of go through it and you're, you're right back out. It's very personal. It helps you to get to know who the person is on the team and you, you care more about them and gives you something, if you don't know them very well, give them something to talk about later on, like, how's your kid doing? Or how's your mom? Or I yeah, think for, for, for years, the HR community has said that we want to create an environment where people can bring their whole selves to work. Well, here's your opportunity. Absolutely. Because uh, that, that is the whole self. Uh, right, right. I, I mean, sure. when pets even join and they, it doesn't bother us. It doesn't bother me. Um, I've seen cats walk across the screen, just actually happened in a meeting a couple hours ago. And everybody, right. it was a call with a client. And everybody had a moment of laughter and like everybody yeah. wanted to say, Oh, and who's that? And she was embarrassed, but we said, no, don't worry about it. So yeah, I do you, think you remember, I think it was a few, several months ago where uh, someone uh, was doing a national broadcast, may have been on CNN. CNN guy. Yeah. Right. Right. And now that's everybody's life. But I remember all the debate about all of that. Right. And now that's everybody's life. And there's going to be a certain kind of normalcy, you right. know, to that. Um, but there's something equally important about that. I also want to talk about because what you're implying there is the, is the importance of trust and, and, and building trust, right. To know that, Hey, uh, um, I, I see your parents or the cat running or, but there's a certain kind of human connection in, in, in a moment uh, like, like that. Are there some more, are there some other things in the spirit of developing trust that you've seen be effective? So I, I think it's a very good point that you raised, Steve. I mean, um, we do need to lead with trust. And one way that you can do that is to, um, not create sort of uh, stories in your head about what's going on. So I'll give an example. Let's say you're trying to reach somebody that works on your team and you call them up, try to find them via text and you can't get a hold of them. If you don't have that trust, your head might create the story of um, they're not working, they're off running around, they're doing something else. 
-hmm. When reality is, is they may be focused on a call, giving all their attention at the right place. Um, Maybe there is some sort of quick little thing they have to do for their families, and that's okay. Um, this, the way the world works now is so flexible that, uh, their time is going to be used and they're going to be doing the work that needs to be done. We can measure based on outcomes, not time sitting down. Um, I, I kind of try to say, if you trust them, you will get that back in spades. If you give them what they need, your employees and your team will go through and over coals and through fire for you. So. That's kind of the attitude that that I've always tried to use, um, and it served me well. I don't know about you. I'm sure you've had the same experience. Oh, sure. You know, and and in fact, I I, I think that it's you can create higher levels of response, uh, greater levels of efficiency. I think the other thing that it does it kind of flattens hierarchies, mm-hmm. you know, as well, and it accelerates communication which is important, I would argue, in any, in any time, but it's really, really important now. And I repeatedly said that to my own team over the course of, of the week is, okay, so we want all uh, in, input here um, and you know, leading from a place of trust. And I had one point in the call yesterday where I, I felt that someone on my team um, really could have made the decision in, in essence. And finally, at one point, I just said, look, you know, I'm, I'm trusting you, you know, uh, here. So you don't need to keep asking me. And um, and if you feel that that's the case, I said, my, as, a, as a manager, you know, I'm pretty much thinking, well, um, either uh, I've hired the wrong person in you and I haven't, or I'm, I need to do a lot more work on the development front, which maybe that, that may be true too. But, you know, it's this great opportunity to empower people, especially in a time of crisis. Um, and and what you're what you're finding is that humans do what we do. We just rise to the level of the occasion, like it's part of how we're built in many ways. We're at our best when the struggle is greatest. And so, as leaders, managers, you almost like got to get out of the way of that and and create, you know, the kind of mechanism you know to do that. For me, that's always been. It's been the best part of it all. And then there's other kind of subtleties, this magic that happens um, along the way. Uh, so I was on a video conference call. My daughter woke up uh, and she, well, she didn't come to the screen. She heard all of the voices. And so she comes in front of me, which couldn't see her, and she jots down a note and she says, uh, where are the boys? And now I thought that she was referring to her brothers. And I said, they're in the basement. And, uh, and then she texts me back and she says, no, where are the boys on your call? Oh. Right, because she, she didn't hear. And of course, it's, it's my HR leadership team. And Jen, I, did, I didn't get it initially. Like I didn't see, to be blunt, I didn't see women. I just saw that was my leadership That's team. team. Yeah. Right? yeah. But for her, that is not what she saw. So you have this, you know, so that, that's a lot of things, right? That's trust. And ironically, the week before, she and I were doing, working together on her homework assignment, the first female pharaoh, who was an extraordinary pharaoh, first female pharaoh. So she and I have been talking about this intersection of gender and leadership. And so she knows how strongly I feel about that. But she hadn't really seen it, in fact. 
but she saw it in that moment. And so we talked a little bit afterward about what, it, what, what that meant. And, and so it was this great opportunity of this kind of intersection, right? Yeah. Uh, in other words, a circle of trust expands, uh, you know, beyond that. Yeah. So it's going to be one of the many things that I remember about, about all of this. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Hey, do, do you, uh, do you have, um, uh, you know, especially because of how quickly this has all happened, right? So we know now that uh, particularly uh, young parents and young moms who woke up, uh, brought their child to school, end of the day, and now that world is completely turned, uh, you know, upside down. Have you historically kind of made shifts and adjustments depending on family situations? Uh, and have you seen that change since this uh, all began? So I, uh, I can remember, I mean, my kids are now 13 and 16 and mm -hmm. we actually made the comment. Uh, I was talking with my husband and I said, can you imagine like if our kids were younger, how much harder or different it would be because smaller kids can't go and just entertain themselves or um, yeah. take care of things. My kids are very independent and I'm, I'm glad about that. But I empathize. I have people on the team who have small children, and they're joking. They're they're teaching kindergarten and first grade now, and they don't know how to teach kindergarten and first grade. And you know, if everyone's in the house, and depending on the size of your home, you may you may not have places that you can go off and just um, you know do something artsy and craftsy while mom or dad tries to get something to work or mom and mom or dad and dad. I mean, families come in all shapes and sizes and homes. I think flexibility is key. Flexibility, empathy, understanding. Um, and, and that comes back also, I think, to communication. Um, communication to me is always a two-way street. It's what, do you, what does your employee need? Um, and asking in a safe way that they feel like they can say, this is what I'm dealing with. Yeah. This is what my home situation is. And being able to feel like they can safely bring up with their circumstances without any punitive implications. Sure. Um, I think we have to be open. We have to put ourselves in their shoes. We have to walk a mile. Um, think about everything like the fact that younger kids may not understand and so people might be more tired because they're caring for these younger kids and so they're going to feel more tired which is going to mean they're more stressed which means they might react to something you have to think about everything which is very puts a lot on the leader but you know what to your point earlier rise to the occasion like right. this right. too will end um one foot in front of the other hour by hour day by day we will get through it um, and we'll get through it together. Like I know I could call you Steve and go, this was Dave's tough and you'd be there for me. So. Absolutely. And, and I'm absolutely willing to be a guest teacher for your husband, by the way. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm available free of charge. None of that. And you teach German. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'll learn quickly. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I want to ask a bit about, you know, kind of, everything that the gravity and the seriousness uh, that is all unfolding all around us. Uh, you know, we, we have so much information coming out and I think there is this quiet desire uh, that we have. We want to know that this is going to get better um, and soon, as soon as possible. And we want it to be immediate. 
but certainly every everything that you see uh, suggests that that is not going to be the case and won't be the case for for you know really quite some time. Uh, how do we create environments where where we're tasked with responsiveness and quickness because of the severity of, of, of the crisis. How do you balance that with the need for comfort that people have to have? Because truth be told, if you're just relying on news headlines, they're sobering, uh, can be depressing, that can cascade over into kind of some mental health challenges. How are you creating the environment um, that isn't solely based in speculation, but allowing people to kind of uh, talk about maybe the personal effects that it's having balancing that uh, with work at the same time. Um, so it's something that I have learned um, from another thought leader that we've used at work human um, Cy Wakeman is that again, mm -hmm. I just kind of think about what do I know for sure? And what do I not know? Um, you can read a lot, but then I kind of have to say, well, how is this affecting me on a day-to-day -day basis? How is this affecting my family? Um, and that maybe I don't have all the answers, but if my reality is the same, um, that's okay. Um, I also try to bring some structure to my day. I've, I've shared this too with my kids. I've shared this with my team. Um, it's a method I use, three one one. Mm. So, tell us more about that. So, three one one to me is um, just keeping things in your own control, as well as doing something for yourself, as well as doing something for others. So three things that that you want to get done for work that day. So, starting every day with what are the three things, and you could probably have five, seven, ten, but that can feel too much. So, just write three. If you get done with those three at noon, and you want to add three more, more power to you. But just get those three, because also in this state of everything changing all the time, you could have something that you didn't even put down on the list that now does need to be paid attention to. So do those three. Yeah. Then do one thing for yourself, because mm -hmm. you have to provide yourself some self-care, whether that's um, go out and get some fresh air, go on a walk, call a loved one, mm -hmm. um, take a bath, <laughs> just sit in peace for 10 minutes, read a book. I mean, anything that's going to be good for you. Maybe it's even getting something on that honey-do list done because right. that'll make your, your partner happy. Right. Uh, then the one other thing is do something for others. Do something for your community. Do something for your family. Do something for your friends. Mm -hmm. um, that gives you a natural lift. I mean, we've all seen it. Giving. Um, really, the, the giver actually seems to get more of that endorphin rush than the, the receiver, and yeah. you'll feel accomplished. So, yeah. I mean, don't it doesn't need to be a big thing. Just jot it down. I'm a list person. I like crossing it off. There's some self satisfaction in that. I finally yeah. admitted it after all these years, but that, that's just kind of something I do. Three one one. Yeah. Great, great, great advice. Great advice. Uh, one last question about um, the big, the big picture. Um, and, uh, and, and specifically teams. You know, any um, uh, suggestions, strategies for how to keep teams aligned to business goals, especially when we're faced with the reality that those goals are rapidly changing mm -hmm. uh, as, as we speak. We know, and we're human, is, is we're assessing um, everything uh, as it unfolds, you know, for us too, all with the spirit of 
going forward, rebalancing, repurposing, and how do you balance that, generally speaking, with the need for certainty and security that people want in a moment of crisis? Um, I, I find it helpful to think about the funnel. Like at the very top, there's the organizational level, like what's happening? Because that creates a level of safety and security that company's healthy, company's fine, what's happening with the company. So um, lots of times companies are providing information through different channels. I know we are on a daily basis and maybe just capturing a couple of those nuggets to share with my team. Not too much. You don't want to inundate them, but just a couple little highlights. So start with the company. Then you think about, okay, what's the world that they care about? So if it's clients, if it's um, new clients, if it's uh, product development, like again, kind of narrow the focus, like another click down. Then you can click down and do something for the team. Like remember um, in this, we can affect Y. X to Y, you know, just draw the line. So just kind of a click down with the funnel, high level, down, 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 and communicate often, but simply and easily digestible because there's so much coming at us right now. That's, that's what I've done. And I think hopefully it's working. Well, Jen, thank you so much for joining me on uh, uh, the, this uh, wonderful podcast here. I, I think we got to have you back because I know you have more nuggets and kernels of wisdom for all of us. I would welcome that. Thank you, Steve, for having me. It's always a pleasure. All right, Jen. My best to you and your family. All right. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, everybody, for joining me and my guest, Jen Reimer, today. We hope that you'll continue to join us to connect, to reflect as we are dealing uh, with what it means to work human in this unprecedented time. For a deeper dive into our content to help you through the days and the weeks ahead, please visit our resource center at workhuman.com where you'll see this podcast uh, and others that uh, we will continue to do. And just a few thoughts to leave you with. Certainly this is a time of great uncertainty. Uh, but it's also a time for humanity to do what we've often had to do in challenging times. And in our generation, this is our time to rise to the level of the moment and to do so in a collective way. Life is going to move on. It's going to move forward. But it's going to do so in a way that reminds us of what it truly means to be human and what it means to be human together. Thanks again for joining us, and we're going to see you real soon. You can find more of Steve's interviews daily on the Work Human blog. It's in the resources center of our website. I'll be turning these episodes into podcasts as soon as I can and pushing them out. Moreover, we want to hear from you. Let us know how you're doing on Twitter with the hashtag WorkHuman. Also, we want to highlight the good that is happening in the world. We'll be posting stories that we see on social media with the hashtag RecognizeTheGood. Until the next episode, you can find me on Twitter at Mike Wood Tweets. Please take care of each other, and I'll see you online.